Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Freight Be Moving All Things Logistics with me, Jewel Williams, your host. Headline, Tijuana man pleads guilty to double broker scheme targeting San Diego truckers. What is double brokering? Why is it on the rise? And what is being done about it? That's what this show is about today. So let's get into it. But first, let me read my disclaimer. I'm not an attorney. I provide this information to help you gain insight into scams and the freight business. So let's turn our attention here to this first case because I think you guys would uh, be interested in. But first, let me uh, explain what double brokering is. So this is from a source from Avalon Risk Management, which says double brokering occurs when a carrier accepts a load and then rebrokers it to another motor carrier. This is not a legal practice. Likely the motor carrier that rebrokers the load is not authorized or in compliance with Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. So in this particular case that I'm about to read, you're going to find out all that uh, happened in this particular incident, which was definitely a problem. So this is from the California Justice Department. Tijuana man pleads guilty to double broker scheme targeting San Diego truckers. According to the news release, Tijuana residents Alex Castello Padilla pleaded guilty in federal court to criminal charges stemming from his scheme to defraud interstate carriers and brokers operating in the trucking industry. According to his plea, Padilla conducted what is known as a double broker scheme. As part of the scheme, Padilla stole the identity of a Spring Valley interstate carrier and agreed to make deliveries using the company's stolen identity. Rather than delivering the loads, Padilla posed as a shipper and rebrokered the same loads to another carrier's who delivered the freight. Padilla then collected the payments of the completed deliveries, but did not pay the carriers who actually delivered the loads and were unaware that Padilla was running a double broker scheme. Padilla orchestrated most of the scheme from Tijuana, Mexico. Padilla pleaded guilty to these charges following his extradition, extradition to the United States from Italy. Padilla was arrested in Italy and extradited to the United States on May 27, 2022. As part of his plea agreement, Padilla has agreed to pay restitution to his victims, estimated to be at least $239,904. So this particular individual was illegally double brokering freight and causing problems. All right, so according to um, transportation professionals, 
this particular problem has gone on the rise. So Ann Rink, president and CEO of the Transportation Intermediaries Association said in reports, said that reports of double brokering through its watchdog reporting system have been ticking up since December. She quotes, it is far more prevalent than we've seen in a while. I attribute some of this due to what is going on with freight rates and what is going on in our economy and people are getting desperate to make money. So crime is on the rise. Another professional um, also states that there is lack of regulation uh, enforcement by Federal Motor Carrier and that it's also hindering uh, these problems from getting resolved. Now, in quarter four, 2022, and quarter one, 2023, Truck Stop, a load board provider, saw a 400% increase in double brokering complaints, according to Brent Hudo, who is the chief relations officer. In this industry, there are a lot of moving parts and it's also an industry that many people can get into without a lot of schooling, without a lot of uh, income or cash flow or investment to enter into the business. For example, if you're becoming a truck driver, you file for your authority, you get a loan, you're in a truck. Same with a freight broker, you file for your authority, you pay for your bond, you're in business. And with dispatchers, a lot of them tag on to truck drivers and they've got a computer, they make some phone calls, they're in business. Now, of course, there's some regulatory things that they may have to go through. However, the barrier to entry is very low. And when you have those types of situations, you come across an industry with a high level of criminal activity. Now, the freight business is the backbone of our economy. And therefore, it has a huge impact on the pricing of goods as well as inflation if crime goes up and people are taken disadvantage of. Now, looking at the FMCSA regulation, wrong screen, what they call, or, or their regulation states what uh, about, talks about the civil penalty. So what it says here is what is the civil penalty for a broker or freight forwarder who engages in interstate operations without the required operating authority. So this was published in 2014 on their website. So it is a little outdated. I'm sure they've, well, excuse me, it was updated 
uh, April 18th, 2019. So it's not that, not that far outdated. But what it says is, a broker or freight forwarder who knowingly engages in interstate brokerage or freight forwarding operations without the required operating authority is liable to the United States for a civil penalty not to exceed $10,000 and can be liable to any injured third party for all valid claims regardless of the amount. That's according to 49 USC 149 16C. The penalties and liability to injured parties apply jointly and uh, severely to all corporations or partnerships involved in the transportation and individually to all officers, directors, and principals of those business forms. That's according to 49 USC 14916D. So under 149 USC 14901 D3, a broker or, excuse me, a broker of household goods, HHG, who engages in interstate operations without the required operating authority is liable to the United States for civil penalty, not less than $25,000 for each violation. So these are significant penalties that an individual will face if they're caught doing this. However, it's not stopping them from committing the crimes. That's the interesting part. So there are some companies that do what is called co-brokering. And C.H. Robinson had a blog post that talks about it. And it seems from the article, they're saying that co-brokering is okay. However, double brokering is not. Now that's a really gray line because from what I have read, co-brokering and double brokering are synonymous. However, one is about a relationship with the other carriers or the other brokers as opposed to the other one, there is no relationship. So if something goes wrong or the intention is to defraud the other party, so let's take a look at what they say on their website. So C.H. Robinson says, co-brokering, a freight broker is legally permitted to assign a load to another broker. Or uh, brokers will sometimes do this when they need access to another broker's expertise or uh, other resources. And the shipper doesn't forbid it. Good brokers will be very careful about their choice of co-brokering partners. While co-brokering loads are not legal, as you can see here, that's what they say, some carriers prefer to avoid them. Carriers may worry that those loads won't pay well as well and or it will be difficult to maintain clear lines of communication with the broker who's actually responsible for the load. Also, if the original broker did not conduct adequate due diligence, the co-broker could turn out to be a scam artist. And that's why co-brokering is not a good idea. Now, I've worked in this industry for a while, and I have come across these situations as a freight forwarder, as a customs broker, and as a truck driver as well. Now, I want to give you a couple of stories. First one, that I this happened to me. I was doing a customs brokerage clearance 
and the company was importing wine. So as I was going through the entry of the invoice, uh, I noticed some discrepancies in the pricing. And so I took upon myself to make a phone call. And well, I didn't really take it upon myself. I actually spoke with my manager. My manager said, hey, call the importer. Let's get clarity on this so we can make sure that we're classifying this under the correct duties and taxes because we don't want something to happen down the line. Well, as I was seeking information, attempting to find out more about this particular wine to make sure I classified it correctly, it turned out that there was a broker in between there that was being the front person for customs. And they did not want those other individuals in the background to be exposed to customs because it was more costly. So needless to say, this turned out to be a very sticky situation. There was a lot of complaints. The customer who was being the front person was not happy with my investigation into the situation. But of course, I followed the orders of my management team. But that just goes to show how looking into something can lead to something else. And that was just out of classification because somebody didn't do proper invoicing description to allow me to classify the wine as it was supposed to be classified, which could have avoided the phone call. Another situation that I have experienced double brokering is as a truck driver. In an attempt to make a delivery, in an attempt to clarify address and someone being open for business, I call the phone number that is on the piece of paper. When I call the phone number, the individual is another broker. They're not the customer. And they're not the customer who originally shipped the freight. And they did not have information to help me contact the people that I needed to contact to clarify where the shipment was supposed to go, who was supposed to be signing for it, so forth and so on. So these are two situations where it was clear that the parties involved in the transaction were co-brokering as opposed to double brokering. Again, it's illegal in either scenario. However, because of relationships, some companies are okay with what they call quote unquote co-brokering. Whereas in the case of the uh, person from Tijuana, they were illegally double brokering and not paying the truck drivers. And I believe that's probably what triggered their investigation was truck drivers did not get their pay Therefore, they decided to do a further investigation. So if you found this information useful, hit the like button and subscribe. I definitely would appreciate your feedback on this. My name is Jewel Williams. I am the founder of Freight Bee Moving. All Things Logistics is the podcast that I produce. So I would definitely appreciate it if you would like subscribe 
and go ahead and hit the notification bell so that you can be alerted to my channel when it comes, uh, when I release videos. Also, I'm on a growth plan. What does that mean? I'm growing my channel. I'm going to be producing more content more frequently. And right now I'm doing what's called a 30 day challenge to grow my channel to 1000 subscribers. So I'm asking for your help to help me grow as I bring in more information and more experience for all of you out there who are in the freight broker business, trucking business, or you're dealing with importers, exporters, or just moving inventory from point A to point B. Come visit my channel. I'm going to have a lot of information to share with you as I dig deep into my 30 years experience to help you be better at your freight business. Thanks for watching. Peace.